You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 230 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, it's been a crazy busy last couple weeks in sports. It's going to be even more busy this weekend with the Super Bowl uh, we just had the NBA trade, trade deadline. We had the NHL and AHL All-Star Games this past week and lost within all this. And I was very politely reminded of this yesterday is uh, coming up as well, Valentine's Day. Did oh. you forget about this one? <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget about Valentine's Day. Yeah, no, I, I may have accidentally managed to do that, uh, but uh, I, I, I was reminded. I, I've got it all under control now. <laughs> was it your mom that remind you, reminded you? No, no, it's a little subtle uh, hints dropped by my girlfriend recently in this past week. So, oh yeah, luckily not too late to pick up a reservation and whatnot. (laughs) Well, don't forget Valentine's Day uh, for our listeners. Don't forget that it's Super Bowl weekend. Don't forget that the Montreal Canadiens have two matinee games as they have, as has been uh, tradition. Um, and don't forget that there's a trade deadline coming up, and, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but the theme we have for today is goals, and that's goal scoring and goal setting. Um, so tell us what we're going to be um, uh, talking about uh, for the podcast today. Well, it's a very big episode. Uh, we'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens in terms of your Montreal Canadiens news. Uh, we have a nice prospect update. We'll update you on everything Habs prospects and everything to do with the Laval Rocket. Then in segment two, uh, you mentioned goals. Well, this is where we're going to be talking about goals for the last stretch of the season. And of course, segment three, it's uh, the Have Your Say segment. Uh, we'll turn it over to our listeners and our Canadians Connection question of the week is... What would you like to see happen in the final 30 games of this Canadian season? We want to make sure that we hear from you. This is an interactive podcast. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for people to reach out and let us know? Text us. Text us at 5853 Rocket. If you have a 
suggestion, if you have a comment, um, if you have a correction, as we had this past week, send us a text at 5853ROCKET. If you have if you have uh, something more to say, a little bit more, uh, send us an email at info at allhabs.net. And also feel free to join the conversation on our social media. You can give at Habs Connection a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also check out our website, canadiansconnection.com. So make sure that you check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. No games this past week. Uh, The Habs are on a bye week following the NHL All-Star event, but they will be back at it for a couple matinees this weekend, aren't they, Rick? That's for sure. Um, and and it's it's fun because it's it's uh, you see lots of kids in the Bell Center, um, two afternoon games, and the, the crowd is 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 usually revved up, and and the Canadians usually play well in these kinds of uh, games. Hopefully, they're not wearing those reverse retros, so nope, at least nope. they'll have a chance to win. <laughs> Uh, the Canadians' record coming into this weekend is 20-27-4. That's good enough for 44 points. That's 27th in the NHL, so still right near the bottom. I think most people can agree that's kind of where you want them to be at this point. Bottom five would be good. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, right within uh, that draft lottery area. Uh, make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at our roster news, the Canadians have recalled Yessa Ulanen and Alex Belzeal from Laval on an emergency basis. Uh, both were up with the big club before the All-Star break. They were sent down during Alex Belzeal attended the AHL All-Star game in Laval. Uh, no surprises that both were being called back up. No, no surprise at all. Although uh, they didn't get to go somewhere warm like many of the other Canadians did during <laughs> the break. Jonathan Druin practiced with his teammates in a regular jersey. Uh, not a good season for Druin in 28 games. He has 12 assists and no goals. Still has a, time, a bit of time, uh, 30 games or so to... Um, well, he's playing for next year, so whether that's going to be <laughs> you know, in Europe somewhere or um, miraculously for an NHL contract, he has some time to, to put together a good season. Marty St. Louis was non-committal when asked if he would be playing uh, in the lineup on the weekend. Uh, although uh, in practice on Friday, he centered the the fourth line. So, um, and the Canadians don't have any other healthy forwards. If uh, if Duran were to sit, uh, it would be another eleven-seven um, alignment for the, the Canadians. Yoel Armia skated on his own on Thursday and with the team on Friday in a non-contact jersey. Uh, looks promising for Armia. Uh, Armia, it's been a tough season for him as well. Uh, he's been injured uh, production-wise. It's not been great either. Uh, didn't score his first goal until uh, the turn of the calendar, actually. Uh, still on day-to-day uh, status. Uh, this is a, a player who was expected back after the break, along with Duran. Um, he skated during the um, uh, during the pause, um, but is isn't quite ready yet. Uh, practicing with teammates, albeit in a in non-contact jersey, uh, but he shouldn't be too far away um, uh, now. Joel Edmondson and Sean Monahan skated before practice on Thursday and Friday after being off the ice throughout the break. Uh, let's hope that these two can get healthy leading up to that trade deadline. Uh, they seem to be uh, the top targets for other teams. 
Um, Joel Edmondson has been on day-to-day status for 20 days or so. Uh, or so. Uh, Sean Monaghan, we talked about it last week. Um, the Canadians promised a status update before the pause. Uh, they didn't give one. Um, everybody's been really quiet. As as you said, they they were shut down uh, during the, the pause. Um, so it's 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 a little concerning. Um, you know, the not many sleeps left before the trade deadline and and uh, uh, prospective uh, teams might want to see them in the in the lineup uh, for a few games before they reach out and and make that call to uh, to uh, uh, Ken Hughes. Some good news, though. Caden Gooley skated on his own on Friday. Uh, Caden Gooley also skated uh, for the first time since suffering a knee injury on uh, December the 29th against the Florida Panthers. Uh, so it would be really nice to get him back. Uh, I don't think I'm alone in saying that Caden uh, Gooley is the best Montreal uh, Canadiens defenseman to lace up the skates this year. Absolutely. Um, and, and, it, and it wasn't even close. And, and uh, for him to... To do what he did and 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 take over that defensive core um, so so quickly and and uh, to have veterans saying how much they miss him when he when he went out of the lineup uh, really speaks to how well he played and and the leadership role he had already. Um, he's he's quite a ways off yet. Um, just got on the on the ice for the first time uh, on Friday. Brendan Gallagher is not yet skating Uh, in 25 games. He's put up nine points. Uh, That's another hab that's really struggled to be healthy this, this season. Doesn't look like he's anywhere close. Um, It was his partner um, who on um, her Instagram uh, put up a picture of Brendan Gallagher while they were away in Barbados uh, for, um, for the break uh, and he has a walking boot on his right foot in the photo, so it doesn't look like uh, Brendan Gallagher is coming back anytime soon. But uh, big congratulations goes to Sam Montembeau. He is the Molson Cup recipient for the month of January. He had two first star selections and one second star selection, so a pretty decent uh, month uh, for Sam Montembeau. Yeah, a four and six record, uh, 3.14 goals against, uh, 9.15 save percentage in the month of January. That's two months in a row, December and January, uh, that the Molson Cup was won by goaltenders Jake Allen in December and Sam Montembeau in January. Uh, the Canadians have signed defenseman Jordan Harris to a two-year contract extension. Uh, it's going to be $2.8 million over the two years. I think Harris has easily been the second-best defenseman behind Gooley this season. Uh, very team-friendly contract. Uh, probably uh, show me what you can do type deal. Uh, that way that Harris can make a little bit more money on the next one. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and the fact that uh, he's been uh, a, a real big surprise and, and the second-best defenseman. He's defended really well. He's been great on the penalty kill. And uh, I liked his quote when asked uh, about signing the contract. He said, it's good to get it all uh, settled right away. That way I won't have to, I won't have to wait until the summer and start stressing about it. So <laughs> off his mind and, uh, and he's got his contract all settled. So now I think it's a good time to take a look at our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
Taking a look at the Laval rocket from this past week, on uh, February the 4th, uh, Laval absolutely clobbers the Toronto Marlies in Toronto. 7-3, Primo surrenders three goals on 37 shots, but Laval scores three in the first, two in the second, and two in the third. Seven different goal scorers and two empty netters, so not a bad game there for Laval. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not bad, um, and a little sloppy, but but uh, they got the win, and that was the main thing. Yeah, right now uh, the Laval Rocket have an eighteen nineteen six and two record. That's good enough for twenty fourth in the AHL. Um, on Friday night, uh, ahead of their game uh, against Syracuse in Place Bell, a moment of silence was held um, uh, for the victims of the Laval daycare tragedy, and. And we want to send uh, our thoughts and prayers uh, for the, um, the, the families um, and uh, a, a terrible event in Laval and, and the whole hockey community is, uh, is thinking about you at this difficult time. Upcoming games for the Rocket, a bit of a light week. Uh, February the 11th, Utica is going to take a trip into Laval. And then on the 17th, uh, Laval heads in to Belleville. And it looks like they're going to do three games against Belleville in about four days. So I sense some uh, <laughs> tempers starting to flare and maybe a few f- a few fights over that stretch. Uh, teams that don't like each other. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it always gets a little feisty when they get together. Taking a look at the CHL, uh, we've been monitoring monitoring the CHL scoring race for Habs prospects, and right now it seems to be all about Riley Kidney. Uh, in 43 games total on the year, he's put up 74 points. Since being traded to the Gatineau Olympique 12 games ago, he's put up 29 points, uh, so he is head and shoulders above a lot of the other Habs prospects in the CHL. Just just behind him is uh, Jared Davidson playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, 43 games, 66 points. And just behind that, uh, Joshua Waugh, who uh, spent some time at the World Juniors, so he's played the fewest games out of these guys. 37 games, he's put up 59 points. So not too shabby for these three guys. And and as you said, Riley Kidney, uh, what can you say about him? He had another four-point game uh, this past week, uh, a goal and three assists, and an important goal, the game winner, uh, playing uh, Gatineau against the Ottawa 67s. Um, it's, it's always fun when you get uh, um, Habs prospects going head-to-head. It was Vincent Roar against Riley Kidney there. Uh, in another game on Thursday, it was, um, sorry, make that Wednesday, it was uh, the London Knights uh, beating the Kitchener Rangers 5-4. Logan Mayu, his terrific season, had an assist. Of Philip Mishar had two goals, his 13th and 14th of the season. Logan Mayu had a pretty good week as well. Uh, February the 4th, he scored a natural hat-trick as the London Knights beat the Erie Otters to get their fourth straight win. Uh, Logan now has 11 points in 10 games. That brings him to a total of 37 and 40 games. I'd say that's pretty good for a defenseman, right? <laughs> uh, he's he's had a terrific season. Um, and uh, it's interesting in that uh, not only has he had a, uh, a very good season offensively, um, uh, you know, he, he had a um, kind of completed a personal milestone um, a few weeks back when he got into a fight uh, I, I, when uh, the London um, Knights were playing the, the Kitchener Rangers again, had a fight with uh, Mitch Martin, and he came out of that, you know, uh, the 
none the worse for wear. Um, and uh, we remember that it was a fight that put him out, out with the shoulder injury um, a year ago. So that was that was really um, a, a test for him, let's say. Um, really interesting to me in that uh, this week there were two pretty major feature articles on Logan Mayhew. Uh, one was done um, in the uh, London Free Press that was reprinted in the Toronto Star. Um, and it was all about leadership. It was about the leadership of, of Logan Mayhew, Logan being one of the um, the. Uh, the older uh, players and and leaders on on the squad and and uh, and you know uh, London has been through a difficult season. Um, there was uh, the passing of one of their teammates uh, back in on December seventeenth, and and so they've gone through some adversity, and uh, and they're a very good team um, this year in the OHL, and and Logan has been part of that leadership group. Um, the other article was a pretty major piece in TV Aspore, um, and it was um, it, it went through uh, everything. But it, interesting that it led with um, Logan Mayu, his uh, his French. He has stunning fluency. Is was the quote. Uh, that's not often that that you get. Uh, one of the um, Montreal beat one one of the Montreal uh, rights holders in French saying that about a uh, an English uh, player, um, and apparently he began uh, his interview with TV Sports saying, "I want to thank all the Canadians fans who supported me for the past year, for the past year and a half, and who've stuck with me. You've helped me." I know it's not always been easy, but I really appreciate it. Now I just want to bring the Stanley Cup back to Montreal. And he said it in flawless French, according to TVA. Um, he, they, they asked him, where, where has this come from? They were, they were stunned that his level of French was impressive. And he said, my father's grandfather is French speaking. My parents under, understand, but don't speak it very well. But um, in school... Um, that uh, he and his sister went to French immersion, and he said, um, um, I went five years without speaking French, but when I was drafted by the Canadians, I immediately went back to my lessons. I wanted it to come back quickly. I'm not perfect, but I'm practicing a lot. I want to be able to talk to all the Canadians fans once I get to Montreal. Um, That's pretty impressive. Uh, Lots of Good words from the Hunter brothers. They talk about him as being the team's quarterback, how he moves the puck, how he plays with an edge, um, how he's a you know a good teammate. Um, both articles are stunning in their praise uh, for him, um, and I would say that that um, that combined with we know that Jeff Gordon was in London. Um, a few weeks back, uh, and brought back um, praise for um, for what he saw. We uh, we um, talked about Frankie Bouillon and saying that Logan Mayu is the next Canadians prospect that makes the jump. These kinds of things don't happen by accident. I think this is a very purposeful media strategy, uh, getting Canadians fans used to the fact. Um, that Logan Mayu will be given every opportunity to make the team in the fall. Now, whether he does or he doesn't, that's that will be left up to him. But appears that 
uh, the Canadians management is, is putting the, the foundation in place, um, so that that can happen. And, um, that's, that's a pretty, a pretty amazing thing given the, given the history of this story. Yeah, that's a pretty nice story. Uh, I, I like uh, what I've seen from Logan Mayu over the past little while. And uh, the Habs actually have another very intriguing defenseman uh, just south of the border in the NCAA and Lane Hudson. Uh, through 26 games with Boston University, he's put up 36 points, and that actually ties him with uh, the other Montreal Canadiens prospect down there, a forward in Sean Farrell, the difference being that Sean Farrell's played three fewer games. But uh, this past little while, it's been all about Lane Hudson. Uh, Lane Hudson uh, was named the Hockey East Rookie of the Week, and he was also named the Hockey East Player of the Month for January. So high praise going to Lane Hudson. Um, Hockey East Rookie of the Week, that was three weeks in a row that he he got that (laughs) honor. Uh, Incredible. And as you said, uh, Player player of the Month for January in, in Hockey East. Um, he's having an incredible season and, and uh, glad to see that he's getting that recognition. Um, you may also mentioned Sean Farrell. Um, interesting that uh, Kent Hughes spoke to, I believe it was LaPresse this week. Uh, Kent Hughes uh, said, uh, and he was very open about it, um, that uh, his plan, he would like uh, Sean Farrell to join the Canadians at the end of his NCAA season. Uh, he's playing for Harvard. They're uh, ranked in the top 10. Um, so they could be participating in the Frozen Four. But even if they do, um, there will still be games, a game or two, um, that um, that it would be possible for Sean Farrell to join the Canadians. And that would be, you know, kind of following in the same footsteps. Cole Caulfield did that. Uh, at the end of his NCAA season, Jordan Harris did that. At the end of his NCAA season, it would mi- nice to uh, would be really nice to have a, a little bit of a preview of Sean Farrell at the end of this um, regular season for the Canadians. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. Also listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. This past week, Amy Johnson did a nice uh, recap of the AHL All-Star Weekend in Laval. I definitely recommend that listen and hitting that subscribe button. Now it's a good time to get to our quotes of the week. And we have uh, three quotes coming from Nick Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, and uh, he talks about a couple teammates, uh, among other things. Uh, Rick, uh, I believe this first quote is uh, Nick Suzuki talking about Arbor Jackai. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been awesome. Just a big surprise for uh, pretty much the whole NHL, and uh, he's earned his right to be there. And he's and with his play, and just a guy that you know what he's he's going to bring to the lineup and. Uh, Chris Weidman always says, I'm not going to do anything, but my partner will beat you up. <laughs> he's like better offensively with the puck than I thought too. Yeah. He's got sneaky skill, yeah. which is pretty impressive. And, uh, actually he was a smaller guy growing up. So I think he played a skilled game and oh, really? all of a sudden he got huge. So, um, yeah, he got, he still got his little man skill and a big body. I, I really, I, I've never heard Shaq. I described that way before that he has little man skill in a big body. Um, that's tremendous. And, and that was, um, you heard the voice of Ryan Whitney there, of course, Biznasty, Paul Bissonnette, and, and Ryan Whitney host um, the Spit and Chicklets podcast. And, and I give them full credit for um, 
really getting uh, touching some different areas and getting Nick to relax and open up and and um, in this case talked uh, um, very glowingly about Arbor Jacki. So little man in a big body. Let's talk about uh, little man in a little body. He also <laughs> talks about Cole Caulfield. Is he is he the jester in the room, Caulfield? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know how much Alec how he has that much energy every single day. He just comes in dancing and singing and yelling everywhere. And even his first year in the league, right off the hop, he was the guy talking the most in the room. Oh, he was a bit shy at first, but I mean, the guys opened him up pretty quick, and he got comfortable. And his his personality takes over every time. Right away when I met him, we clicked pretty well. Um, he's the same age as my brother, so he's kind of a, a little brother to me, and uh, our personalities are. Uh, work well together he's more of the loud guy and I'm more of the quiet guy so we kind of balance each other out but uh, yeah playing with him has been a ton of fun I know where he's going to be and he's usually putting the puck in the net when I pass it to him so uh, it's a good pairing for sure (laughs) a good pairing on and off the ice opposites attract I guess Um, Nick Suzuki is more quiet and a little cerebral and and uh uh, Cole Caulfield, anything but. He's uh, bouncing off the walls, lots of energy, dancing, singing, yelling. Um, that That's not a surprise uh, in my mind. Yeah, a nice little insight into uh, the dressing room there. You don't always get to hear those stories. But something else we also uh, don't really get to hear much about is Nick Suzuki talking about his favorite subjects in school. I, I was reading uh, that you like went to a high school that was specific to the arts. Like what? Like what? What brought you into that? Were you like a big painter, like artist? Like what? Like how did you get into that? <laughs> yeah, it was elementary school. It was not my choice, but it was um, finger painting. Yeah, yeah, I actually did paint. Were you Were you a good painter? Average painter, pretty good knitter. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, uh, no, I'm not even kidding. I was pretty good at knitting and doing that stuff, but it just kind of was a different school. It was a private school in London. Uh, just more focused on the arts and kind of like less technology. Okay, like what other things besides knitting and and finger painting were you doing? Uh, Let's see. Crochet. What's crochet? I think it's the same as knitting, isn't it? It's close. Different Uh, needle. I remember like just we always had drawing and painting. Everything was based off like an art form. So it was no like we didn't have TVs or like smart boards or anything, but I would hear about it from my friends and – uh, I left in grade seven to go to hockey school, so that was a big change for Is me. Is that what you get for the guys on the team? Do you like knit them stuff for, for like Christmas <laughs> yeah, I should gifts do that. or birthday gifts? I remember making socks one year in school, so maybe I yeah, can. Yeah, McDavid's still wearing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll make some for Cole. Um, he's, he's, where would you get that other than on Spit and Chiggler's podcast? That he really likes to knit and he's good at it and kind of tunnel vision around knitting and crocheting and and uh what a these are hidden talents um and that yes uh he can he can even knit socks if you need them yeah kind of wish i went to that school after hearing <laughs> about it uh, those sound honestly like the more i get older the more i think that those are two very handy skills to have so uh, full credit to him yeah. even if he's not done that in a while but uh, yeah, really, uh, really awesome interview. Uh, Ricky, you were mentioning that there were a few other quotes that we could have easily put in here as well. So uh, definitely recommend everybody checking that out and uh, getting to know Nick Suzuki a little bit more. For sure. 
So now uh, there have been uh, some pretty big news from around the NHL. Uh, starting things off, a uh, nice big trade. The New York Rangers uh, acquire Vladimir Tarasenko and uh, fenceman uh, Nico Mikola uh, from the St. Louis Blues, uh, who acquired Sammy Blay, uh, defenseman Hunter Skinner, and a conditional first-round pick in the 2023 draft, as well as a conditional fourth-round pick in the 2024 draft. I have uh, some interesting connections uh, to talk about here. Uh, if you want to go way back to uh, 2021, uh, the first trade in the post-Jeff Gordon era uh, New York Rangers, it was actually the Rangers trading Pavel Bucinevich to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Sammy Blay in a second round pick. So interesting that uh, the Rangers managed to send him back to St. Louis. <laughs> And uh, what I find even more interesting here is uh, the player that uh, New York originally sent to St. Louis and uh, Pavel Bushnevich. Well, he actually has nine more points in Tarasenko, <laughs> five more goals in Tarasenko. Uh, Tarasenko, of course, the more popular, the more sexy name. But uh, I-, I wonder if that trade never went through. Uh, would they have even bothered trying to acquire Tarasenko? I mean, Bushnevich, in my mind, is the way better player. I think that uh, originally Bushnevich, uh, in exchange for uh, Sammy Blay in a second-round pick, a terrible trade for the Rangers. That clearly didn't work out because uh, Sammy Blay, to me, in the, the current trade with uh, Tarasenko, he's no more than just a, a warm body going the other way. I imagine St. Louis probably tries to flip him out. But uh, anyways... Uh, I don't think the Rangers should have ever let go of Jeff Gordon. That's definitely not the type of trade uh, he would have ever made. Uh, uh, but you know what? Uh, in uh, this day, well, I guess uh, this past week, uh, the Rangers did acquire a very good player in uh, Tarasenko. You look at uh, their top line, it's probably going to be Panarin, Zibanejad, Tarasenko. That's pretty scary for a lot of mm-hmm. other teams. Seems like uh, they'll be making a big push uh, for the playoffs this year. Um, that's now two very high-end forwards that have been traded in the last little while, Tarasenko and uh, Bo Horvat, uh, both going to New York teams coincidentally. So there's definitely a market for high-end uh, forwards. So you look at Montreal, you, you see a Josh Anderson, you see a Monaghan, and uh, yeah, I have to think that those are very desirable targets for some teams, no? It's it's interesting. Um, you know, Tarasenko... It, it, Let's be honest. He isn't the player he he used to be. No. Um, but also, um, you know, it's it's two years now since he asked for a trade out of St. Louis. So what what has how has that affected him and how affected uh, he has been? Um, you know, we we see his numbers are way down, his shot shares way down. Is um, but but he you know there's that potential and and I imagine that it'll be exciting for him as you say the the line that he most likely will get to play on. Um, and, you know, you, Tarasenko is the kind of player that you want um, on your team uh, who has that potential in a playoff game to decide a game, to, to, to you know, to score late, to put one in in overtime, to, uh, to put a team away. And, and uh, this is, I, I think you're right that this is making up for a mistake and having to toss in a first round pick t- to do that. Um, <laughs> but the Rangers were in that position because they had two first round pick picks, one to give. Um, so off the board, both 
the uh, you know uh, two 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 big pieces and maybe a third piece in that that um, that that Rangers first round pick isn't in play anymore either mm-hmm. and uh, Patrick Kane probably isn't too happy about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people were speculating that uh, Kane would be the perfect fit on the the New York Rangers. Uh, now that Tarasenko's there, I don't know exactly where Kane's going to fit, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, other news coming uh, from the NHL this past week: uh, the report is that uh, Marty Walsh uh, will be named the next executive director of the NHLPA. Uh, Walsh will be taking over for Donald Fear. Uh, the NHL. PA definitely needs a strong voice. Uh, I hope that Marty Walsh can be that guy. Um, it's we say reports. Uh, it can't be officially announced yet, um, as Marty Walsh is still in his current job, and that's being the U.S. Secretary of Labor. Um, and uh, they wanted to wait till the whole State of the Union and all of that was out of the way in the U.S. Um, and uh, so he'll the, the news will likely come out. Um, soon, uh, you know, is he a strong voice? Um, well, let's not let's not evaluate him by by his his current position. Um, you know, labor participation in the states is dismal. Is is as as low as it's been since uh, the depression. Um, he before that he was the mayor of Boston and um, some. I think it's fair to say some some uh, mixed re- reviews on him in that role, um, but but in all of his, he is a he is a political person, uh, and uh, there he had one major contributor uh, to each of his political campaigns um, that bankrolled most of his political uh, campaigns, and that was Jeremy Jacobs. Um, Jeremy Jacobs is the owner of the Boston Bruins. The the uh, chairman of the NHL Board of Governors, and he's, he's I think it's fair to say, the most powerful owner in the NHL. Um, how that's going to work, um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for labor relations, uh, that there's that connection with uh, a board member. Uh, but it is what it is, and, and uh, we expect that Marty Walsh will be announced soon. Um, uh, there's There's certainly some things to... To deal with, there's labor peace right now, but I think that teams are frustrated in the fact that there's still this billion-dollar debt that's owned, owed by the players on the escrow, uh, and that has restricted the cap growth, um, and it will only be one million dollars next year. So I think, um, you know, the, the the two sides are going to have to work uh, together and aggressively with respect to revenue generation, and and particularly with what we talked about last week. Um, the disappointing numbers in in um, the U.S. TV uh, ratings. Um, th- again, there's there's a lot of work to do. You know, it's taken ten months to to fill the the place of Donald Fear, and uh, whoever it is, if it's Marty Walsh, they got to get down to business and get some uh, work done. But uh, we do have an announcement to make. Uh, we have a brand new message coming from DraftKings. Uh, this one relates to the uh, upcoming Super Bowl weekend. Uh, so you're going to hear that right next. And then we're going to get to our big topic segment uh, all about setting goals. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Need New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. Now, if you know anything about me and my football team, you know that I am very excited for those Philadelphia Eagles, and you can bet, well, you can bet right there on DraftKings uh, that I'm going to be placing uh, some bets for the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds! Uh, can't wait to see how that happens. And hey, maybe they can win me some cash too. That'd be great. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure you you give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a little reminder here to hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, however you're listening to the podcast today. That way you never miss a single episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. And uh, this uh, segment, it's all about goals. Rick, you said uh, that uh, that's one thing that the Montreal Canadiens have have struggled to do so far this season and likely going to struggle to do uh, uh, leading up to the end of the season so far. But uh, we're going to, to pick some players here. We're going to assign what we think is a reasonable goal for them in the remainder of the season, uh, about 30 games left, I believe. Uh, and we'll uh, get on to that. But first, uh, I think it's important that we take a look at the NHL trade board. Uh, there was a little bit of an update. Uh, I'm looking at the TSN one. Right now, it looks like Joel Edmondson is number 10, Sean Monaghan number 20. Uh, also, leading up to the trade deadline, make sure you check out the Canadians Connection episode 229 entitled Trade Rumblings and episode 228 entitled Trade Deadline Primer. That way, you're all up to date uh, leading up to that trade deadline, which is just around the corner. But uh, like I said, uh, the Canadians, uh, just yeah, about no, I, 50 games left. And and, and just to say um, that uh, it, that's something that we're going to be uh, talking about every week uh, from here on in till, the, till March 3rd, uh, the, the trade deadline, 3 p.m., um, we, we've, we've given you a foundation with those two, uh, episodes. Make sure you listen to the trade deadline primer. That's where we go through, um, all the players who, who may be, uh, in play for the Montreal Canadiens. And, and we give our reasons why we think they may or may not be, um, on the move. Um, and then, um, last week's, uh, episode 229 was just some rumblings, uh, to keep you up to date, um, about the trade deadline. Uh, but those two big pieces off the board, and we talked about it just before we came to the break, Horvat and, and Tarasenko really kind of shake up the board so that uh, Timo Meyer gets 
the top spot now, and Jacob Chikrin uh, just after him. Um, you said that, you know, the uh, uh, Joel Edmondson and, and Sean Monahan. I'm surprised that they're still holding their um, th- their value somewhat uh, at 10 and, and 19. Uh, a little bit of, of drop there. Um, but, uh, you know, this is this is this is going to be a real challenge for Kent Hughes if uh, those players aren't available for him to trade because I think, you know, he's he's set the goal to have three first-round picks going into the 2023 draft. Fans are expecting three first-round picks. And if those two players are off the board, it's going to make it a whole lot more difficult. Uh, but then maybe the, the talk ramps up on Josh Anderson. But... Um, you know, we've we've said that uh, Hughes um, likes to wait, likes to wait till the last minute. But you see that other um, other teams are are starting to make moves, and uh, as they make moves, um, then then your your trade part, your dance partner, uh, you may lose a dance partner if they take uh, another play, uh, a player. So I think Kent Hughes has got to keep that in in mind as we go forward. And just the last piece on the um, on our trade board update uh, before we get to the goal setting, uh, and it, it was you that noticed that uh, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, what's the trivia question? What what what's uh, you know how long did it take him to um, score his first goal as a New York Ranger? Well, two minutes and forty nine seconds, uh, <laughs> assisted by Panarin. Uh, Tarasenko got his eleventh of the season. And the opening goal as the Rangers were facing the Kraken. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty exciting top line there. And, uh, you know, other teams, I think that they see that and they're going to look to load up on their top lines as well. So certainly an opportunity uh, for Montreal to capitalize there. If they can, uh, the name that comes to mind uh, for me, uh, like I said, Josh Anderson seems like he could be a good fit for a team looking to make a playoff push. And uh, you really hope that uh, Joel Edmondson and Sean Monaghan get healthy for no reason other than uh, they will be able to be traded if that's the case yeah but uh setting up uh for uh the goals uh the canadians so far this season uh, they've played about 50 games uh, that leaves uh, about 30 to go uh what should their focus be on the last third of this season well we uh picked nine players between the two of us and we are going to assign some goals to them uh for these final games uh of the season uh, about 30 left um I, I don't know. Montreal's out of the playoff position. It's very hard for players to really, you know, look at that and, and feel inspired to do something. Uh, some players are going to be playing for contracts next season. Some players are uh, playing for spots next season. Uh, I think there's still plenty uh, to play for. And uh, if uh, I were these players uh, here, and here's what uh, I think I would make my goal. Uh, for me, uh, the first player I picked uh, was Yessa Ulanen. Uh, Ulanen is a player that started the season in Laval, recently was called up uh, just before the NHL All-Star break. Uh, he got sent back down during the break, but uh, he's since been called back up. Uh, he's looked good so far. I think he looks like he can be an NHL player. He fits into the lineup pretty well. Uh, defensive positioning, very good. One thing that I think he's lacked is being a scoring threat. 
If I'm Yessa Ulanen, I'm looking over at Raphael Harvey Pinard, who has scored five goals in seven games and was not sent back down to Laval during the All Star break. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the guy that I need to, to beat. So, my goal for Yessa Ulanen is in the remainder of these 30 games, I want him to score at least five goals and become a 0.5 point per game player in, within the final stretch. So that should bring him to about 15 NHL points. And of course, that goes without saying that uh, part of this goal will involve him not being sent back down to Laval. I want him to find a spot in this NHL lineup and make it so this team does not think twice about sending him down. Yeah, and I think with respect to uh, Ulanen, um, a, a very different player from uh, Harvey Pernard. Harvey Pernard is is scrappy. Um, you know, his, his skating stride leaves a bit to be desired. Um, and, uh, but he's, he, you find him around the net and he picking up the, the loose change and that's how he scored his goals. Um, Ulanen is, is very much more, um, you know, his a beautiful stride. He's got a great shot. Um, he's a playmaker, um, more than a goal scorer. Um, and so I think he can, um, and he's a much better defensive player. He's much better in in all three zones. So, I think he can prove his his worth. Um, you know, in a number of different ways. He has a number of different opportunities. But you're right. It's it's um, you want to see some finish as well. And and uh, no, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> that you want to see him have the ability to finish. And I think where he can contribute is on the power play and. Um, he's played a a a, a, a role of, and a position on the the power play that the Canadians haven't had this season, and you see him um, taking shots from the the top of the circle, and he's he's hit posts, he's uh, he's run into some bad luck, but um, he, they he if if Marty Saint Louis keeps him on the power play, he could add a different dimension. Uh, that opens up, uh, th- that'll allow him to uh, to uh, have scoring opportunities, but also opens up the uh, 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 the attacking zone for uh, his teammates. Um, I-, I think he could be uh, an interesting player in in this last little while. Yeah, ten games played, only two assists so far. Uh, the opportunities certainly there on the power play with Cole Caulfield out for the remainder of the season. Uh, I think Ulinen has a bit of an underrated shot. He's got a heavy shot, yeah. so uh, uh, that's part of why I think uh, he needs to focus a little bit more on offense. I'm very comfortable with him in all three zones. Uh, I just I want to see him uh, light up that lamp a little bit more than he has been able to so far. Yeah. Uh, the next player I picked, uh, Kirby Doc. Uh, I'm going to go two times in a row here before I hand it off to you, Rick. Uh, so far this season, 33 points. Uh, Doc already having his best season offensively. Uh, currently in front of him, Suzuki, uh, 41 points in 51 games. Uh, originally, I was going to say that I wanted Doc to push Suzuki for that number one spot and catch up uh, point-wise. I think that's uh, a little bit far-fetched at this point. Uh, I don't see Doc being able to catch up to Suzuki in terms of points. And I, I do think that Suzuki is realistically the number one center on this team for the foreseeable future. Although Doc in the last little while has looked great. Uh, I've been super impressed with what I've seen from him. One area that I think I want him to improve, though, 
fewer penalties. Right now, he uh, sits on 43 penalty minutes, and that's fourth most on the Habs roster. So my goal for Doc is to end the season with uh, 50 penalty minutes or fewer. Uh, right now, he's a second-line center. He's probably their second-best healthy forward at the moment, so he's playing a big role. I don't want him to be sitting in that box uh, nearly as much as he has so far. And uh, he needs to be available on the ice uh, in all times, you know, penalty kill, power play, even strength. Uh, it's kind of a waste having a very talented center like that sit in the box so much. I just want to see him play center. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and never go back to the wing again for the rest of the season. Play center. Last nine games, seven points, uh, four goals and three assists in those nine games. And, and maybe a bigger surprise uh, to me was 50.6% uh, at the faceoff dot. Um, he's, you know how um, difficult faceoffs have been for him. He's made a, an improvement and, um, and with some confidence, I think, too. Um, he's, uh, he showed that he can be a good center. Yeah, I think it is fair to say that uh, Kirby Doc is now officially a center. I, I think that uh, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon will agree with me on that. Uh, if he somehow ends up back on the wing, I'd be very surprised. But uh, for uh, this next player, I'll uh, send it back to you, Rick. Um, I have Nick Suzuki as we round out our, our, our three forwards uh, that I'm going to be watching in, in the last 30 or so games. And and. Um, for Nick Suzuki, he has, um, you know, his play on the ice. He has, um, he's, he's, which he's learning. He's learning to be a, a number one center. Um, remember, he's still young. And, and uh, we've seen that it, it has been a struggle. Um, at the, yes, the, uh, both he and Cole Caulfield got their points. Uh, but most nights they were, their shot share, that they, they were buried by the other uh, first uh, line opposition, and and it, it it made it very difficult for them, um, and so that was the reason that that Kirby Doc was placed on the, on their line uh, to help them retrieve pucks, uh, to help do some board work, to uh, manage the defensive role. I I would like to see Nick Suzuki improve in those areas and and become more of a complete player so that he can be uh, the undisputed number one uh, center. Uh, but he also has to grow into his uh, role as a captain. Uh, I think he's been doing a pretty good job there. Um, but it's something that, that doesn't necessarily come naturally and, and uh, he, he, has to, um, he has to work at. Uh, when Nick was asked, um, he talked, uh, he was asked about uh, the final 30 games. He said that he must become de- better defensively. He knows, he knows that. Um, and on a line when Cole Caulfield was there, you know that Cole Caulfield isn't playing defense, so <laughs> that he has a greater role. Um, the Suzuki also said that he has to become better at faceoffs, and he does. Um, he needs to be the best faceoff uh, man on the the roster. That's been Christian Dvorak for the last two seasons. Uh, it's got to be Nick Suzuki because he'll get the the most minutes and. Um, again, it's a, a learning uh, curve, and uh, I thought it was interesting that Suzuki said he doesn't yet have a, a complete book on all the other senator, uh, all the other centers in the league that he's facing, and he doesn't know the linesmen um, very well. And and um, he said all of the, 
you know, the, the center, the centers who are best at face-offs have a book on the linesman. They know their tendencies. Um, and that makes a, a better face-off. So I, I think he knows, uh, the job. Um, he knows wh- how he must improve. He's just got to do that in e- these next uh, 30 games. And, and he also uh, said for the team that, um, that the mindset can't change that, this has been a season about growth. They got. They have to continue to grow. They know they there's a chance of, of uh, losing some players by the deadline. They know that uh, they're not competing for the playoffs, but they can't become complacent. They got to continue to, um, uh, to grow. He said we have a lot of in, in injuries, and the trade deadline can be heavy for some players. The best we can do is, is come to work, try not to worry, and keep the same mindset. And I think that's um, that's pretty well said. Yeah, pretty well said by Nick Suzuki. Uh, face-off wise, uh, Dvorak and Doc can be two guys that can maybe uh, give him some tips uh, to, and to help him out uh, with that to improve his face-off percentage. Uh, and uh, I think uh, moving on, uh, we'll take a look at defensemen. Uh, we picked three defensemen and uh, Rick, you have the first one. Jonathan Kovacevic, um, I think, has been a, a real nice surprise, um, a waiver pickup. Um, he was always a good defenseman with the Winnipeg Jets, didn't get much of an opportunity. They had a long logjam at defense, and uh, I think he's really appreciated the all the opportunities that he's received and um, has, for the most part, made the most of it. Uh, when he was asked about what he intends to um, t- to focus on till the end of the season. He wants to improve his zone exits. I think, uh, I think that's good self-assessment that um, he, he's a pretty capable puck mover. And uh, I think he can do better on zone exits. Um, and I think that um, there's a tendency given that you have an Arbor Jack back there uh, for everyone to sit back and, and let Arbor Jack be the physical defenseman. Well, Kovacevic is, He's six four, over two hundred pounds. Uh, he can he can be physical as well. He he doesn't necessarily play that way. He's very good with his stick. He's very good with his positioning. He's an excellent skater, uh, but I think that he can afford to play with a bit more edge and and uh, and use his his size more effectively. And and uh, that's something that he can focus in on uh, for the the remainder of the season. Yeah, nice surprise, and uh, the next guy that you picked was also a very nice surprise this season. And that was Jordan Harris. We talked about Jordan Harris uh, earlier in signing the contract. As you said, Jordan Harris, probably the second-best defenseman on the Canadians uh, this season. Um, Jordan was asked about uh, what he intends to work on, and he's been happy with, um, he said defensively, he, he really likes his game. Um, and, and he's right. He has been very good, uh, defensively, um, offensively, um, he can move the puck. Um, he's, he's a very good puck mover. Uh, but he admits that, uh, he has more that he, he can do. And, and I think that's a fair analysis. The other thing is that, um, you know, coming from, um, an NCAA career, um, they weren't playing every second day and, and being consistent, um, you know, throughout a, a long 82-game schedule. And I think that's something that uh, Jordan said, and, and, and he admits he would like to uh, focus in on uh, as the season comes to a close. 
So you picked uh, two guys that you were pretty impressed with. Nice surprises. I picked a guy that I was completely unimpressed with, <laughs> and Mike Matheson. Uh, currently, Matheson sits on eight points, one goal, seven assists in 17 games. Uh, he's getting some power play time. He's supposedly the Petrie replacement, uh, puck-moving defenseman, offensive capabilities. His career high in terms of offense is 31 points. That came last season. Uh, the year before that was actually a career low for him, 17 points, but uh, he had some injuries that year. My goal for Matheson, uh, I, and I think it's going to be a very reasonable challenge, it's uh, to double that point total. I want him to at least get to 16 points this year. Uh, I think that's pretty reasonable given that uh, he's essentially the guy for puck moving right now. He's going to be a guy that gets uh, some power play time as well. Uh, even though 16 points is, like I said, another career low, uh, he's he's had a very rough start to the season. He was injured. He came back and then was immediately injured again. So he's played very few games so far. Uh, I think kind of understandable to an extent uh, that he's not been great, but uh, he was a guy, like I said, he was brought in to be that offensive puck moving defenseman and I've not seen it yet. So I think that uh, his goal for the remainder of the year, get to 16 points at minimum. Uh, yeah, Matheson, uh, in terms of the other aspects of his game, uh, I've not been super impressed either, but uh, if he can at least get to that offense and that uh, puck moving going, then uh, I will settle for that. Uh, no, I'll say that. <laughs> I think that was really well said because he has been a major disappointment. Part of that, I think, is because he was oversold in that he could be a replacement for Petrie. It's nowhere close to that. And um, he was asked what, what about what, uh, what's ahead for him. And, and he said, uh, quote, it's important to focus on what's happening on the ice and not to think too much about the rest. Uh, and I guess he's talking about the trade deadline there, although I don't think there's any, um, there's, there's no chance that, that, uh, or little chance that he'll be moving, but, uh, um, he's talking about in ignoring distractions and, and maybe part of it is coming back, uh, to Montreal and and the French media expect a lot of him and and um, and there's just uh, a greater expectations than he's been able to deliver so far. Yeah, uh, not a great fit so far, and uh, that rounds out all of our defensemen. Uh, we're going to take a look at three goaltenders now, and uh, I'll defer back to you, Rick, to start this one off. Sam Montembeau. Um, Sam Montembeau has got a lot of goodwill from from Canadians fans. Um, from the from the media, um, I think that uh, yeah, it's, much of it is 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 hyped uh, a little bit too high. Sam Montembeau has been uh, an average backup quality goaltender this year. If you look at any of the advanced stats, he's um, not anywhere near uh, what the uh, top tier goaltenders and 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 not even um, near the top in, in terms of backups. Um, he's been absolutely wildly inconsistent um, in, um, you know, two games in a row, uh, he, he'll give up six or seven and then, um, and then he'll, he'll have a, a 970 save percentage and, and make 38 saves. Um, and, and it's partly because I think that his whole game is being remade. Um, he, he, he wasn't a very tech, he isn't a very technical goaltender. Um, he struggles with his positioning and, and in doing so he puts himself, he opens up the net. He also, 
being out of position. He gives up a lot of bad rebounds, um, and they've been working with him uh, to try and make him play uh, a little bit more deeply. And um, with uh, sometimes it works, and sometimes uh, then he gets out of that groove and and back into something that feels a little bit more natural uh, to him. Um, Again, I think it's just a matter of him um, trying to be... I don't think there should be any illusions that he's going to be uh, the Canadians' number one goalie of the future. I think that uh, I think we know that's probably not the case. Um, that uh, can he be an adequate backup? Uh, perhaps he can. And I think that uh, over the, the last 30 games, you're going to see a, perhaps a more even split between Jay... Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau as, um, you know, the team wants to figure out what exactly they have in him and, and if he can be uh, reliable. Um, Sam Montembeau himself, um, I, I think um, he said that, uh, that, that, that it was just kind of a generic quote that he gave and, and um, he talked about the level of competition that they're going to be facing, which is, We've we've talked about before that the schedule is going to be much uh, more difficult for the Canadians as they finish their uh, last thirty games are, are against tougher opponents than their first thirty games. So um, I think both he and Jake Allen have to um, have to improve. We we've seen some improvement as Marty St. Louis has completely changed the style of play, um, you know, to a much more defensive. Um, t- a type of game where they they stack up cordwood, you know, players are stacked like cordwood in the crease, helping out the goaltending, and and um, and and in doing so, they haven't been able to score. So that has to change, and the goaltending has to get better. Sam Montembeau has got to be part of that. Yeah, Sam Montembeau, he's been a little bit better than I expected him to be this season. But I think on most other teams, he still ends up being that third string goalie. Uh, well, maybe he cracks the NHL lineup in Seattle, but <laughs> I'll take him over Barton Jones in a heartbeat. But uh, I'm going to talk about uh, who I think is the best goalie in the organization at the moment and uh, Jake Allen. Uh, currently Jake Allen for the first time in his career is on pace to have a sub 900 save percentage. Uh, he sits at 891 and, uh, well in the remaining games, I think it's very reasonable to, to Allen probably starts like 20 of those Montembeau gets uh, about 10 of them. I think that's probably a reasonable expectation given that Allen is still the starter within those remaining 20 games, I want him to put up a 900 or better a save percentage. So I'm not talking about season long. I'm not talking individual games, but within those 20 games, I want him to over that stretch have a 900 or better save percentage. Uh, when you get under 900, that's when you start to let your team down. Uh, that's when you start to not give your team a very good chance to win. Uh, we know that Montreal is a team that can struggle to score sometimes. So when uh, you're getting scored on so often, uh, it's difficult to win games. It's difficult to stay within games and not be blown out. So, yeah, my my goal for Jake Allen uh, within the next 20 games, 900 uh, save percentage. Uh, just with respect to uh, the schedule coming up, and, and uh, both uh, Sam Montembeau and Jake Allen mentioned uh, the difficulty of the schedule. Um, 
that the Canadians will play, they have 31 games left as we record. 23 of those uh, games will be against teams currently uh, in the playoffs. Um, and uh, seven games against the team uh, against teams in the top four, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, and Toronto. So difficult schedule, and uh, it seems the goalies have uh, looked ahead to see what's yep. coming already. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I know that even though Jake Allen has the worst save percentage, uh, he's taken on uh, the heavier load, and yeah, I, I yeah. trust him a lot more against those better teams. So I would expect him to take the heavier load leading up to the end here. I agree. But uh, the last goaltender uh, to talk about, Caden uh, Primo. What a not good year for Caden Primo. Terrible start. Uh, didn't not look good in the preseason. Uh, in the preseason, uh, there was potentially a battle between Primo and Montembeau to get the backup position. Wasn't even close. Montembeau was better. Caden Primo essentially played himself out of that discussion, even though he was given all the opportunities to. In the AHL, uh, he's missed time with injury. He's only played eight games so far with Laval. Save percentage of uh, 895, so he's still under uh, 900. Only six wins. Uh, it's not been good. Uh, so I think 27 games roughly remaining in Laval. I think it's fair that he probably starts about half of those. We know that J.F. Wool does not hesitate to put in uh, Kevin Poulin into net. Uh, in fact, uh, J.F. Wool, for the better part of the year with uh, the Caden Primo injury, he's turned to Kevin Poulin. And uh, yeah, he, he really trusts the veteran goaltender there. So I think in these remaining games, I would like... Caden Primo to put up nine wins. I, I think it's pretty reasonable for him to hit that, even though Laval's not been a very good team this season. Uh, like I said, uh, about 27 games to go. Uh, I'm going to depend on uh, the goalies maybe doing a split there. So if, if Caden Primo can remain healthy, I'd like to see him put up nine more wins. Uh, yeah. Um, Caden Primo didn't look very good uh, in that game uh, that you, you mentioned earlier, Laval and Toronto. Even though Laval won that game, wasn't due to Caden Primo. He looked shaky throughout, and uh, uh, it's 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 unfortunate because this should have been his season, or this would have been um, you know the proving season, and and it hasn't uh, it hasn't materialized. Um, maybe for the last. Uh, uh, end of the season, uh, fans might want to keep an, a, a, a one eye on uh, Jakob Dobis, who plays at Ohio State, uh, fifth round pick in 2020. Um, we remember uh, mentioning that um, members of uh, Habs management met with Jakob Dobis uh, when the team was in Columbus um, and uh, had a, a, a nice meeting with him. Um, and we'll see what happens to him when his NCAA season is, is uh, over um, and, and whether he'll get uh, uh, an invitation. Yeah, that's a pretty good point as well. Uh, Adobus is somebody that I've been looking forward to quite a bit. I, I think right now if I wanted to rank uh, my Montreal Canadiens prospect goaltenders, I'm probably putting Dobis ahead of Primo, even though we've not seen him at a professional level yet. Uh, Caden Primo, disappointing year. This should have been a year where he pushed Montembeau uh, for that backup position. Even when healthy, he's not looked like a guy that could do that. Uh, I'm not going to be focusing too much on his goals against average or his save percentage. I would just like to see him uh, be in some winning games, give his team some confidence uh, to be able to win a few games here down the stretch. For sure. 
so we have a little bonus part here for uh, Hockey Ops. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, first of all, uh, Martin St. Louis as the coach. Uh, what kind of job has he done so far? I'll give him a solid meh. Uh, I think full credit to him uh, getting uh, Cole Caulfield scoring. Uh, I was not impressed with how long it took him to put uh, Doc at center regularly. Uh, he's not so much a Nexus nose coach. He's not so much a guy that's uh, going to put out a uh, full system, uh, but uh, he's more of a vibes guy, more of the happy guy to uh, help the dressing room stay lighthearted and whatnot. Um, I think my reasonable goal for uh, Martin St. Louis uh, throughout the last little bit of the season is uh, put more emphasis on development and uh, hopefully no more blowout losses. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I think he he certainly gets uh, points for um, keeping it positive. Um, he, he all, for the most part, uh, has a positive message. There's only been a couple of times where he's uh, where he's lost uh, his temper. Um, his, his strategies, um, his, um, his game planning is very simplistic. Um, it's, it's not a complex NHL system at all that he's running. It's either all offense or all defense and, and, uh, doesn't know how to, to, um, marry the two types of games just yet in, in, you know, his, his young coaching career. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to, he, he promised that there would be, um, you know, there wouldn't be a focus on results. It would be more on development. I'd like to see actually more of that. Cause I think, uh, he kind of got caught up a couple of times during the season, the, the, the doc, um, putting doc and the wing was, was one of them where results kind of came, um, became important to him. Um, and, and I think that the Canadians are facing a situation, especially if, uh, they lose a couple of pieces after the trade deadline. I, I looked back last, last season after the trade deadline, the Canadians had a record of five thirteen and two. Um, that's not pretty. That's not fun to watch, um, for, for fans. So they'll have to see some development. They'll have to see a lot of youth in the, in the lineup. They'll have to see young players getting, um, you know, real opportunities. Um, Marty was asked, and and he had two interesting a- answers about what he's going to focus on. One, he said um, that he has to restore the offense because, um, you know, th- they were getting blown out. They had uh, um, um, a difficulty in their defensive zone, so he made the adjustment, and then they didn't score for the, the entire month of January. Um, although they kept games close. Um, so he's, he's going to tweak that. Um, but the, the next quote about the, the, the final 30 games, he said, um, I can't stop thinking about the players who will be with us next year. The most important thing is to continue to develop our culture, the way we want to play and, and keeping the mindset. But I can't stop thinking towards the future. And I thought that was, I, I mean, um, in a positive sense, it's, yeah, we got some really ex- exciting young talent coming and we're going to be better next year. And But but you can't lose focus that there's a job to be done this year. And it, it's it's strange that I've never heard a coach say that before. Uh, before the, you know, uh, only two-thirds of the way through the season that that um, he's already looking forward to next year. Um, 
I understand he's he's excited. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of work that uh, he can be doing with the players, and I think there's a lot that he can be doing as far as his own development in becoming a better coach. Yeah, very well put. Uh, he almost had me on that quote until he says that he can't stop looking forward to the future. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't do that as a head coach. Uh, you still have like a third of the season to go. You need to be the one finding reasons for your players to continue to play hard and to develop. So uh, disappointing to hear that. Uh, I guess the second last thing we'll get into here, uh, we're going to look at our hockey ops and uh, that involves uh, Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, I think so far, job well done in their short period. I've been fairly happy with what they've been able to do. Uh, I think the Kovacevic waiver pickup, brilliant. Uh, bringing in a guy for free that is fit onto that uh, defense and looked pretty good, awesome. Uh, Monaghan trade has been great too. Weaponizing uh, the cap space, even though the Montreal Canadiens are a team that uh, are struggling in terms of cap space a little bit. Um, all the talk has been, uh, you know, imagine Monaghan came over with a first round pick. What if Montreal is able to then trade Montreal, uh, trade uh, Monaghan for another first round pick? Uh, so awesome there. I think the Harris signing was also really good. Very team friendly contract. Uh, so I'm hoping leading up to the deadline that they can make at least like three trades and I uh, hope they can acquire one more first rounder as uh, you talked about a little bit earlier, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, as far as the goal for for those two. And, and we treat them uh, like they're one body because essentially they're doing um, uh, two halves of one one job. Um, yeah, th- their goal right now is uh, the trade deadline and uh, finding a way um, to get that third first round pick. That's 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 key. Uh, to uh, jumpstart the 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 rebuild, um, especially as we've said before, uh, uh, Joel Edmondson, Sean Monahan, we don't know what's what's happening with them. Um, but if they're out, I mean, if if they're not available, um, they can be traded, um, you know, for less or with conditions, mm-hmm. um, um, with uh, with the injury situation. But but. Um, if they're out and are unavailable, um, you, you don't just uh, turn off your phone and go home. They still got to keep working and find a way to be creative um, to um, make a splash at the trade deadline because they were so successful la- at last year's trade deadline. Um, they're in a position where they are a seller, um, and they've they've got to they've got to make strides. Um, the other thing on the on the docket for them is um, yes, they signed Jordan Harris and that's great. But the Cole Caulfield contract that, um, <laughs> that they, they have to focus on that. That's a really important contract. We see a, a number of other young players around the league being signed. I think, um, you know, by the end of the season uh, that uh, we want to hear an announcement about Cole Caulfield um, and uh, you know, putting their stamp on the fact that uh, Kirby doc is a center and 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 in that way, we understand their plan that uh, for the future, and uh, that they, they they enforce that's going to be the way for the next uh, thirty games or so. Yeah, the big shoes to fill after last year. Last year, uh, I think it was regarded as a very good success for this team. So you hope that uh, they can at least achieve a fraction of what they were able to do last year. Uh, I think a very good point uh, with uh, you can still potentially trade some of these guys if they're injured. Uh, you know, use conditions, uh, lessen uh, 
what the return could be. I, I think there's lots of creative things that these two can do. But uh, even though uh, Martin St. Louis uh, seems to be very fixated on the future, uh, it seems like uh, Nick Suzuki had some nice things to say about the team's goals for the rest of the season. Yeah, our goal all season is just to build the culture, uh, build the team atmosphere. And I think we've been doing a really good job of that. I mean, we got 12 regulars out of the lineup probably right now. Right. So oh. we've called up a bunch of guys from Laval. They've been doing a great job and just trying to keep from our team to the AHL team, just like all the same culture and same style of play. And I think that's what our good teams are doing now. And um, we're just trying to emulate that. So I think that's important um, for the rest of the season, for the 30 games or so that uh, Nick Suzuki says at all levels. And and that comes from him as a captain. That will come from Marty as a coach. That'll come from um, the management. That'll come from uh, the affiliates. That this is an organizational culture that they're trying to build a um, franchise that can have sustainable winning that's not going to make the playoffs and be bounced in and out that they can uh, be um, 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 have success on a continued basis and and be a contender uh, for not one year but but multiple years and and that's something uh, that's going to be supported by a a, a good uh, uh, culture and a good foundation and that's something that they it, the wins may not be there but they can uh, enforce that culture for the rest of the season and I thought that was pretty well said by Nick Suzuki. Yeah, very well said by Captain Nick Suzuki. I think that's probably what Marty should have said, to be honest. Uh, Definitely like that quote, uh, everything he said, I think it holds valid. But uh, now I I think uh, it's a good time to go and hear from our listeners. But uh, before we do that, Rick, do you have any final comments on uh, what the Montreal Canadiens' goals should be towards the end of the season? Well, what what are the fans' goals? What do you want to see? What do you want to see from the team? What do you want to see from individual players? Uh, We want to hear from you and and make sure that you reach out to us by text uh, or email. and, And that's something that we'll present over the the upcoming few weeks. Yeah, and we'll get to that briefly. Uh, First year, we're going to take our final break on the Canadians Connection podcast, and we have a nice message coming from Raycon, so stay with us. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, friends. You know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, My Raycons are wireless, they're small, they fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud earphones, 
So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back to episode 230 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. And feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853 Rocket. We love to hear from our listeners, and uh, coming up in just a few moments, we have our Canadians Connection question of the week. But before we get to that, Rick, uh, how hard is it to follow this Montreal Canadiens team? It always feels like there's just something going on, right? Lots of information all the, every day, every single day. Yeah, and we do our best to help uh, keep our listeners uh, all up to date with uh, our All Habs uh, hockey magazine at allhabs.net. Uh, make sure you check that out uh, weekly. We get a Habs notepad coming from Chris G uh, that uh, details everything you need to know about uh, the Montreal Canadiens as you head into your week. Uh, periodically, we have some features. Uh, most recently, uh, our Rocket Sports Media contributor, Sam Gerber, put out a really interesting article uh, entitled Early 2023-24 Roster Predictions. Uh, definitely worth a read and definitely let us know what uh, your thoughts are on that as uh, Sam projects uh, an early roster for uh, next season. I think Marty oh. read that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking ahead to the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we know that uh, Marty likes to steal uh, content from other people. <laughs> so, uh, also, if you like a video form, uh, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to At All Habs. You can find it just by searching At All Habs. And it's the Habs Hockey Report hosted weekly by Amy Johnson. Uh, she gives you your midweek update and also she's really good at engaging all her viewers. Uh, make sure you hit the like button, leave a comment. Uh, she replies to all the comments. Uh, she sometimes even reads your comments on air. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about anything at all, uh, make sure you leave it there and she'll get to it for sure. And most importantly, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a single episode. 
Also, make sure you subscribe to the Rocket Sports Radio Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, first off, the Press Zone that comes out every Tuesday evening. Uh, this past week, uh, Amy Johnson was on solo, and she did a great job detailing all the events of the AHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, week to week, uh, they will uh, cover the Laval Rockets, anything Habs prospects. Uh, you get Patrick Williams, the AHL guru on there, and you get Rick Stevens as well, who uh, contributes to that. Just want to give a big shout out, shout out to the entire AHL report crew who that um, the as we know last weekend was um, uh, the AHL All Star Game and and um, truth be told I preferred uh, the AHL version uh, the the skills were were fun um, and uh, and Ed, and Laval put on a pretty good show. Um, two years in waiting that they were postponed, but they finally got, uh, got it this year. Um, Chris G was, was on site at Plas Bell giving reports. Amy Johnson was covering it. Um, our Patrick Williams, uh, also made the trip up to, uh, Laval and he was covering it for, um, the AHL.com and for NHL.com. And, and so, uh, three of, of our colleagues were there, and I thought um, all three of them did an outstanding job uh, covering a wonderful event in Laval. Yeah, they did an awesome job, and I'm sure they'll talk about it a little bit as well on the next episode coming out on Tuesday. Also, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. Uh, you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. We're here every single Saturday throughout the entire year. Uh, sometimes other podcasts will uh, dip out during the summer, but no, we'll be here. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. Always something interesting to talk about with the Montreal Canadiens. So now uh, we'll get to our question of the week as we want to hear from all our listeners. What would you like to see happen in the final 30 games of the Canadian season? Uh, make sure you reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, just check out facebook.com slash allhabs. And uh, Rick, we get plenty of engagement there, don't we? For sure. There's over 52,000 uh, Canadians fans who contribute to that page uh, regularly. Uh, they look forward to the updates. They look forward to the discussion. They look forward to chasing away all the, the Leafs and Bruins <laughs> fans that love to come by. Uh, it's a great page, facebook.com slash allhabs. Um, once you find it, make sure you like it uh, and you want to keep coming back because you'll uh, you'll make plenty of Habs uh, friends uh, there. <laughs> Uh, of course. Uh, so coming up this week, we have a, an abundance of Montreal Canadiens games, actually four. And uh, well, what we started doing, and this will be the second time, is uh, we reach out to our Rocket Sports contributors and we have them make some predictions uh, for the upcoming games. And this week, uh, both uh, Cole and Sam were so excited that, uh, well, we got both of their predictions. So this is going to be an addition of Cole's Corner Slash. Sam scores. So uh, starting things off on uh, February the 11th, it's going to be Montreal versus New York Islanders. And it looks like we're in a, an agreement here that uh, the New York Islanders are going to win. Uh, Cole is predicting a 5-2 Islanders win. And Sam is predicting a 4-1 Islanders win. So don't blame me. Blame Cole and Sam for that one. Each a three uh, a three goal um, uh, spread there. Interesting. They they made these predictions independently, and and yeah. they know a little something because they're the two folks that uh, help do every game uh, preview. Um, so they they they've analyzed both sides of, of uh, the coin when it comes to both teams playing. 
Yeah, man. And the very next day on the 12th of February, uh, we're actually split here. Uh, Cole is predicting a Montreal 4-3 to win over Edmonton, whereas Sam is predicting a 6-3 to Edmonton win. So uh, like I said last time, just blame Sam for that, uh, regardless of what the outcome is there. <laughs> but uh, once again, uh, kind of interesting that we have some similar scores here. Uh, a couple days later on the 14th, that's Valentine's Day, Chicago comes into Montreal. Cole is predicting a 4-3 to Montreal win, and Sam is predicting a 4-2 to Montreal win. So interesting what happened there. Some I think they're synergy. in agreement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then two days later on the 16th, uh, Cole is predicting a Carolina victory 5-1, to and Sam is predicting a Carolina victory 5-2. to So again, some wow. synergy there. Very close. Uh, I like how they were able to do this independently <laughs> and uh, near identical uh, predictions. And we'll let you know how it turns out uh, next week on uh, the Canadians Connection podcast. For sure. But uh, we'll throw in a little bonus here. We know it's Super Bowl weekend and uh, plenty of our listeners are interested in that as well. Uh, we got our predictions from Sam and Cole on that one. Cole is predicting a 34-31 to 31 Eagles win. Sam is predicting the Chiefs to win 28-24. to 24. Uh-oh. But it seems like uh, Sam's in the minority here as a... Both uh, Amy and Brian, our other contributors, uh, chimed in as well, picking the Eagles to win. Uh, Rick, did you want to weigh on weigh in on this one? Um, I've got Eagles twenty seven, uh, Chiefs twenty four on my list. So, um, yeah. I, I, now <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> this is for bragging rights only, um, and we'll see how uh, Sam does against. Uh, the rest of us here who are all seem to be siding with the Eagles, who I believe are a one and a half point favorite as we go to air. Yeah. So if, are you ready for puck drop? So make sure you read all our complete previews for every Habs game at allhabs.net. We also put out our game recaps, so never miss a single event that happens on the Montreal Canadiens. I think that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app and you share on social media if you like everything you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll see you back here next Saturday, February the 18th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs>